John 14 and verse 27, the Lord Jesus is the speaker. And he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let's pray. Father, will you take your word again this morning? And will you wing it to every heart that hears it? Give people listening ears, understanding hearts. Lord, would you bless them at this time and strengthen them. Encourage them and touch them. For Lord, your presence makes the feast. And Lord, where your presence is, there's healing there. There's blessing there. And Lord, you inhabit the praises of your people. Thank you for being here even as we've just sang this morning and worshipped you. Thank you for being with whoever is worshipping you along with us or wherever they may be. Glorify your name and glorify your son. For Jesus' sake we ask it. Amen. This morning we are going to look at the title, The Peace of Christ in the Heart of Fearful Man. The Peace of Christ and the Heart of Faithful Man. The Lord Jesus speaking in John chapter 14 tells the disciples, his followers, I'm going to go away. And the problem is when Jesus was telling them these things, I'm going to go away, these men started to get worried. They started to get concerned. And they started to be afraid. I mean, this one is the one whom we have followed for three and a half years. This one is the one who's done all the miracles. The crowds are, are thronging him. He's the one who's given us the words of wisdom and spoken truth to us in a world where there is no truth. And now they're fearful. Dangerous times lie ahead for these disciples. Serious times, stressful times, and worrying times for his people. Now, maybe there's someone in there feeling exactly like this. Where is God in everything? Jesus is going to leave them. Are we on our own? Jesus has gone to leave them. What are we going to do? Many Christians, even when these sort of things come to them, they get concerned because, one, the world loves to tear you down. Two, even things of modern age of social media and things that are on the media, uh, they, they bring fear to the heart. Yes, they may bring uh, things for us to be concerned about and to be uh, careful for, but they bring fear all the time. All different sorts of voices are coming into the hearts and into the ears of, of people, even God's people, and they spend more time listening to the voices of different men. Should I take this medicine? Should I not? Should I do this or should I not? Is this as bad as they say or is it not? I'm talking about this COVID-19 and things like that. But in general life also, we want to, whatever God lays in your heart, whatever's been your background, your fears, your worries, your anxieties, or your concerns, it's easy to think sometimes that God is not with you, that you are on your own. It's impossible for God to leave the believer. Because his word will not return unto him void. He's God who cannot lie. And he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. In other words, I will never, 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 never leave thee. Nor never, 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 never 
forsake thee. And the Lord Jesus, when he says that, he means that and he keeps that. So wherever you are watching live, wherever you are in a hospital, a living room, wherever it may be, and you're maybe watching it later, he is with you, believer. Neither will today, no matter what's going on tomorrow, he will never leave you, neither will he forsake you. In Psalm 9 and verse 9, we see wonderful pictures of the Lord here, even in the Old Testament. Notice what it says, Psalm 9 and 9. The Lord also, pardon me, the Lord also will a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed. Notice the Lord also will be a refuge. And that word refuge really needs a pondering over and looking at. For example, the word here for refuge is misgav. And misgav or refuge means the Lord will be a defense for you. The Lord will be a high fort or a high tower for you. The Lord will be a high and a lofty rock for you. And isn't it that the Lord is pictured in Psalm 61? When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And when we have our minds in Christ, whether even if we've already taken ill, or whether we're healthy and just worried, with our minds in Christ and all the things that assail our minds and pollute the Christian mind, we have to keep our minds trained on the Word of God and allow the Word of God to train our minds. Because he will keep us in perfect peace, whose mind is stead on him, whose mind is stead on thee, said Isaiah. Notice refuge is defense, high fort, high tower, or a lofty place. So the Lord will also be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Here's your high tower. Now across uh, the island of Ireland, we have these uh, forts that are old stone, almost like needle-like uh, uh, walls that go up the round, cylindrical, and they just go up. I'm sure we've all seen them. I don't know if you've ever been in one, but there's a little staircase goes up. And the old monks used to build those when the Vikings were attacking, and they called that their high tower. In other words, they went up there and they were able to look down on the Vikings, and it was sealed, and it was their protection. It was their high tower. And the idea is that they couldn't get up to where they were, but rather they could look down upon the trouble, the Viking. And so when the Lord is our high tower, when the Lord is our high or lofty rock that is higher than I, the troubles seem then to get smaller and Christ enlarges the mind and the heart through his word and enables us to have strength and comfort and peace in a time of trouble. In Psalm 46, Psalm 46, and in verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength. Notice, God is our refuge and strength. It's good to have your church. People are saying, well, and it's wonderful that even people are wanting to come to church, and because of situations, and we don't like it, you don't like it, but this thing will pass. And, and the thing is, is that people think that in this building is the refuge. And thankfully throughout the years, it is in the sense where we gather together, we worship together, and we come with people of like mind. But when we don't have that, 
The building isn't our refuge. The Lord is our refuge. No matter where we are, no matter who we are with, no matter the predicament we're in, no matter the circumstance we are in, the Lord is our defense and he is our high fort or high tower. Uh, I think of the time when a shepherd would walk with the sheep and when the sheep were grazing, the shepherd was on the lookout for wolves or, or, or bears or something or that would come, even others who would come in, uh, thieves and robbers to climb over to steal the sheep. Even when the shepherd had them penned, he used to lie at night across the doorway, right across, that anyone coming in had to come through the shepherd. Now, as a shepherd of a flock, I do my utmost and do my best to protect and to encourage and to help and to strengthen the sheep and to look after them, to lie across, as it were, that doorway for God has placed us shepherds in that position. But at the same time, he is the great shepherd of the sheep. He is the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. And thankfully, Psalm 23 and verse 1, David could say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We trust that all who see or hear or watch will be able to say the Lord is my personal shepherd, that they'll know him as their own Lord and personal Savior, and that they'll call upon his name. Psalm 46, for God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And then when we run on down Psalm 46 to verse 7, and again it's repeated exactly the same in verse 11. Verse 7 says, The Lord of hosts is with us. Note the word Lord of hosts is. That is God's military name, if you want. That's Christ as our great commander. He's our shepherd. Now he's our great commander, our commander-in-chief, our commander-in-chief. You know, the Americans call their president, President Trump. They call him the commander-in-chief. President Trump is not really the commander-in-chief. The Lord Jesus Christ is the commander-in-chief. And of course, even Her Majesty the Queen here is the head of our military forces here and the head of all military forces. In other words, the head of the heavenly host is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord of hosts is with us. Notable is our refuge and he's not against us. He's with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. There's the word again. He is our defense. He is our high fort or high tower. He is our lofty rock. Then it says, Selah. Because we can skip over so easily, but putting it into a musical frame, it means let the music pause, stop, and think about this. That God is the Lord of hosts and he's with us. Let's just pause for a minute. The God of Jacob is our refuge, is our defense. In Psalm 59 and verse 16, listen to what it says. But I will sing of thy power, Yea, I will sing of thy mercy in the morning. For thou hast been my defense, notice, and my refuge in the day of my trouble. Notice here the personal note. The Lord is my shepherd in Psalm 23. Here he talks about he's a, the God of Jacob is our. It's, it, it is now greater than personal, but it's a collective one. And now we find he's, that God knows me in my day of trouble, my trouble. He knows your trouble, and he knows my trouble. He knows your worries, and he knows your, my fears. And he says, I will sing of thy power. The word power is hose. The word hose. Listen to what it means. I will sing of thy power. I will sing of thy splendor. 
I will sing of thy majesty. I will sing of thy strength. It even gives the idea, I will sing of boldness. And brothers and sisters, what we must remember is this, is that when we worship him, that when the Lord sent out the tribe of Judah to lead Israel, they worshiped the Lord with the Ark of the Covenant and the walls of Jericho came tumbling down without them having to put one spear or one sword of weaponry against the people of the city. And when we praise God moves in power. When we worship him, God moves and works and we should praise him continuously. Even if you're ill, praise him. Lord, I will sing of thy power. I will sing of thy mercy for thou hast been a defense and a refuge in the day of my trouble. Sing unto the Lord. We sang it earlier. I will sing unto the Lord for he is worthy to be praised. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. It's difficult to praise when you're ill. It's difficult to praise when you're sick. It's difficult to praise when you're fretting or anxious. It's difficult. But even if you're on a sickbed, you can praise him in your mind. You can worship him in your heart and give thanks unto God. You say, but look at me. Listen, child of God, you're saved. If you're saved, then... All is well with your soul. And he is still your father who loves you. I will sing of thy power, yea. I will sing of thy mercy in the morning. The word mercy is kesed. It means I'll sing of your goodness. I'll sing of your kindness. I will sing of your faithfulness. And it gives the idea to have a zeal towards someone for the good. God's got a zeal. A zeal, Z-E-A-L. God has got a zeal for you. God has got a zeal of goodness for you. God has got a zeal of kindness towards you. God has got a zeal of faithfulness towards his people. God is zealous for us. And God is jealous over us too. We need to remind ourselves of these things in the days in which we live. Especially with what's happening around the world in our nation and our homes at this time. In the morning, I remind myself... You're zealous with goodness for me, with kindness for me. You're zealous in faithfulness toward me because you love me. It also says, for thou art be my defense, that is, uh, my misgav, my refuge here is the same word as defense, my high tower, my rock, and my place. Notice, and my refuge in the day of my trouble. The word refuge is different than our first word refuge is the word manos. You know what it means? Thou hast been the place of my escape. Thou hast been the place of my escape. I don't know about you, but even as a, a, as a believer, even as a pastor, even a, a, as a Christian, uh, you know, and sometimes, uh, you, know, and, you know, your phone's lighting up and people are worried and you're trying to calm them down. You're trying to reassure people. And that's what we're here for. And that's what we do. You're trying to help them one way or another. But sometimes, even all that's going on, infiltrates everyone's mind. Where do I escape to? I run to the high tower. I run to the rock that is higher than I. I run into the place where I lift the word of God and I read it and there my mind is cleansed, my faith is strengthened and my heart is renewed. It's a place of escape. Let Christ be your place of escape. Are you worried? Go pray. Are you anxious? Go pray. Go seek the face of the Lord 
and he is the place you take flight to. He is the place of your escape. There's a woman born in 1851 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Her name was Eliza Edmund Hewitt. And she was a school teacher, um, but she became bedridden because of a spinal condition. In later years, it was said that it happened because a young, a young boy lifted a piece of slate and, and as he threw it, it hit her self-isolation. She was shut in. We're talking about self-isolation. She was shut into her home and she was shut in in bed for a long time. She was shut out from the world, but yet shut in for a long time. This became a vestibule of heaven for her. This became a place where God started to work in her. God started to move in her. God started to speak to her. Her condition eventually improved, and she was able to return to an active life. And she started Christian ministry in Sunday schools. And her her main goal was to see the young children one for the Lord to see their little souls turning to Christ and them being saved. During her setting outside, she started to write poems, which were then, uh, music was put to them, and she started uh, to write more and more, and she started to have a prolific uh, a life of, of poetry, which became some hymns that you and I would know. For example, she wrote the hymn, More about Jesus would I know, More of his grace to others show, more of his saving fullness see, more of his love who died for me. More, more about Jesus. Tell me more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness see, more of his love who died for me. This woman was in her bed thinking she'll never be out in the world the same again. And God had a different plan. And at this point in time, friends, God has a plan. God is not defeated here by this COVID-19 It didn't take God by surprise. We're speaking about that tonight in the Lord's will. I'm going to look and it's going to be a harder message. Notice this. She also wrote the song, among many others, Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. You know, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that we will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. But there was a, a hymn that she had written, and I've written some, a couple of the verses down in the chorus, and this is the way it goes. Trusting the heart to Jesus clings, nor any ill forebodes, but at the cross of Calvary sings, praise God for lifted loads. Singing, I go along life's road, praising the Lord, praising the Lord. Singing, I go along life's road, for Jesus has lifted my load. The passing days bring many cares. Fear not, I hear him say. And when my fears are turned to prayers, the burdens slip away. It's not beautiful, my. So what you can do is flee to Christ. He is your escape and he's your high tower. These disciples in our reading were concerned that the Lord was going to leave them alone. What would they do? What would they do? The Savior said to them in in verse 25, John 14 and verse 25. But these things have I spoken unto you, yet being present 
with you. Here he says, I'm present with you, but obviously I've told you I'm leaving you and I've spoken things for you to remember. I've spoken things for you to hold on to. I've spoken things for you to grasp hold of here. I've spoken these things before I go. Then he says in verse 26, here it is, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So Jesus is going to leave, but he's not going to leave them alone. In fact, he later says, I will not leave you comfortless. It means orphans or phanos for comfortless. I will come to you, he says. He comes in the power and the person of the Holy Ghost. And he's here, he says, look at what he says, the comforter. Here the Holy Spirit is our comforter. We always talk about the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We talk about revival in the Holy Spirit. We talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We talk about all of these things, but the Holy Spirit is the comforter. He's comfort us. Draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. The Holy Spirit will comfort you. Notice here, he'll bring all things to your remembrance. Jesus is saying, I don't want you to forget what it says in my word. You're going to be troubled. Don't forget what it says in my word. You'll be afraid. You'll be anxious. You'll be concerned. You'll be sick. Don't forget what it says in my word. And if we lift this word and it's in our minds and in our hearts, then the Holy Spirit will quicken it to us in times of need, times of distress. He will quicken it to us. The comforter is a paracletos. And it means one called to one side or one called alongside in order to help, to bring aid. Listen, it also means one who pleads another's cause. For example, in John 14 and verse 16, Jesus says, calls him another comforter. He says, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may be with you, it says forever. It doesn't say for a few moments. It doesn't say for a few years. It doesn't say he'll be with you on cancer or, or comes. He didn't say he'll be with you until COVID-19 or, or cancer or, or, or diabetes or, or tumors come. Didn't say any of that. He says, he'll be with you forever. Jesus is with us forever. Neither to leave us nor forsake us. I said it earlier, I said it again. He said, I will not leave thee nor forsake thee. I will not leave thee nor forsake thee. Back to front it says, He forsake nor thee leave, never will I. So whatever way you look at it, he says he'll be with you forever. To bring you aid, to bring you comfort, to plead your cause. Notice in John 14 and verse 26 in our reading, he's called the, the comforter, the Holy Ghost. In John 15 and verse 26, it's the Holy Spirit is called the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth. And in John 16 and verse 7, he's called the Comforter. In verse 8, he's called the Reprover. For Jesus is going, 
going to be risen from the dead. He'll be raised from the dead and he will ascend into heaven. And the Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter 2. And there the believers are, are baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And here, this is what he's saying here. Notice, he's calling the Holy Spirit the reprover. He says, for he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. Notice, the Holy Spirit will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. And that's the, that's the, 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 the very thing that the Holy Spirit is doing, even this day. Using even with the, 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 the COVID-19, he's coming to draw close to fearful hearts of people who are not saved, to cause them, to waken them up, to say, listen, here's the dangers all around you. Here's what's happening all around you. And people are seeing the reality of their mortality of this coil and the eternity that faces them without Christ. The Holy Spirit saying, your comfort is in Christ. Turn to the Lord. Has it not been amazing? And has it not been wonderful? And has it not been powerful? Even to see those who do not claim Christ as their own Lord and personal Savior, even those that do not, uh, would not say they're saved or even would have even came into a church building before, I've noticed that they've been on social media posting the Lord's prayers, we call it, our follower chart in heaven. And that is a form of religion. That's not salvation. But God can use these things and work on them. And Christ is the, the spirit, is the comforter. Notice here, he's the reprover. He approves the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And then in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, John tells us, if any man sin, we have an advocate, advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. See the word advocate? It's the same word here for comforter. It's the same word here for Holy Spirit. In other words, Jesus ascended is pleading our cause with the fathers, our great high priest. The Spirit, he says, would proceed from him and the Father. Here he is standing in the glory of the Father, the light unapproachable. Here he is standing in glory. Here is the man, Christ Jesus, and the Spirit of God is sent into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So he is our comfort and our comforter. So brothers and sisters, keep this in your mind. Keep this, and may the Holy Spirit help you to know the Word of God. God, God's got this. Whatever's happening, God's got this. It hasn't taken him by surprise. And listen, the Lord, as we heard, fights for you. The Lord fights for you. He's in your corner. The Lord loves you. He's on your side. The Lord is for you and not against you. The devil who comes to upset you, to cause you to fear, to make you anxious, the devil whom Jesus says comes to seek, to steal, to kill, and destroy you. Tell him today. Tell him today. Get thee behind me, Satan. 
For thou savest the things that are of man and not of God. Tell him today I'm a child of God. I'm a blood-bought, I'm a blood-washed son. I'm a blood-bought, blood-washed daughter of the King, of God Most High. Neither give place to the devil in your mind. Don't give him a foothold, not an inch, or he'll take a mile. You are blessed and you're highly favored. You are saved and you're redeemed. Christian, it's time for you to believe it, receive it, and accept it. My God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think of him. Tells us in our is able, he is able. He tells us in our trials, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And he tells us, for when I am weak, then I am strong. That the power of Christ may rest upon you, may rest upon us. When Jesus cried on the cross, it is finished. He was saying, I'm the victor, not the victim. He was saying, I have won the war. He is the champion. He is the Lord of lords. He has overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. He conquered the grave for you and for me. He is our advocate. He is our comforter. He is our great high priest who is interceding at the right hand of the Father in heaven for us right now. And he in the Spirit is living in you, Christian. He's alive in you this morning. He's alive in you today. Your past does not define you. Don't let the devil bring it up. Christ does on his finished work on Calvary's cross. Your sin does not condemn you, Christian, because Christ has paid your debt in full. Sin no longer has a grip on me. Christ has a grip on me. You should say that, for he says, you're in the hand of the Father, and you're in the hand of the Savior, and none shall pluck you from his hand. Tell the devil, tell the demons of darkness and of hell, you no longer have a grip on me. Sin no longer can claim me, for Christ hath his hand on me. My Father has me in his grip. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am no longer a slave to fear, for I am a child of God. Since, friend, since, Christian, since God before me, who then can be against me? Be still, he tells you. Be still, he tells me. Be still and know that I am God. He said to Moses when the Egyptians were behind him and the sea was before him and the impossibility was all around him and he says to you this morning and he says to me this morning, be still and see the salvation of the Lord. Friend, God is good. He's a good God. He's a caring God. He's a loving God. 
God is good, Christ is enough, and he is all sufficient for every need. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 21. As the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee, listen, fear not, neither be discouraged. Fear not, neither be discouraged. Then in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 8, it says, And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Notice in verse 21, neither be discouraged. Fear not and don't be discouraged. And then in verse 8 of chapter 31, notice what he says. He says, the Lord will not forsake you, so fear not, neither be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed at what's going on, what's happening at this time. Have faith in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding, for you will see things different than God sees it. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. He says, your ways are not my ways, and your thoughts are not my thoughts. My ways and my thoughts are higher than your ways and than your thoughts. Trust him this morning. Trust him today. Trust him for tomorrow. Believe him in what he says, and keep going on. Do not fear. And do not be discouraged. Do not fear and neither be dismayed. The word discouraged and the word dismayed are the same word in the original text. And it means those who are broken with fear. The armies of Israel and the people of Israel were in fear for their life. Were in fear and in jeopardy with the armies that were surrounding them. And the Lord says, fear not for I'm with you. Fear not for I'm for you. Fear not for I'm against them. I'm your God. Do not be broken through with fear. Do not be broken through with the fear that comes to your heart, onto your mind, into your life, for your family. Do not be broken with fear, but rather trust in the heart and the leading of your heavenly Father. Listen to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. Have not I commanded thee, be strong. Christian, Brethren, sisters, this is the sort of time when we must be strong. A fearful world is out there. And we must show them the strength and the peace and the courage and the grace of our God in our life. It's time with confidence and with boldness to show the world that we have something that they don't have, but that they can have when they come along and to be whom we have. It's time for us to not not be to be strong and to be of a good courage. Listen, the Lord goes on, Joshua nine one and nine. Be not afraid, he says. God's people are getting afraid. Brothers and sisters, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. We are the Lord's. And so we must not be afraid. We must be cautious. No one wants for to take any illness. No one wants to leave this scene of time. But whether we do, either way, we are the Lord's. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Here's the message of the hour. Here's the message of the hour. 
for the peace of Christ and the fearful heart of man. Here's the message of the hour. The Lord says to you, believer, I am with you. No matter where you are, position you're in, he says, I am with you. The Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. As I come to a close for this message this morning, notice what he says. We know, brothers and sisters, that he is still on the throne. He says, have not I commanded thee? He's a God who rules the universe. He's still on his throne. He's still in control. And he's still ruling the universe. He upholds all things by the word of his power. I love the, the writing of Abraham Kuyper. Listen to what he said. There is not a square inch in the whole of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. I want to say it again. That you can usually are watching live and, and later can get this into your spirit. There is not a square inch in the whole of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. Your family, your heart, your home, no matter where it is on this earth, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Heaven is his throne, the earth is his footstool, and Christ who is sovereign over all, every square inch of this planet, he cries, mine, and his kingdom is coming in its fullness soon. Only Jesus can turn a mess into a message. A test into a testimony, a trial into a triumph, and a victim into a victor. The words of J.C. Ryle said, tell the young, tell the poor, tell the aged, tell the sick, tell the dying, all about Christ. What's the need of every home and family of the hour? What's the need in every hospital, we're grateful for the medical profession. We're grateful for them and we, uh, we applaud them for their bravery and their courage. Uh, and we, give, we thank you for, for what you're doing. We really appreciate it. But the need of the hour is for the soul of man and woman. Tell them about Christ. Every man and woman you meet on your journeys... And I know it's all about social distancing and that's why we're empty here this morning and that's why we, we, we try and stay apart even when we're singing. I know it's all about that. But I want to tell you, friends, tell them about Christ. Everyone you meet, every social distance a gathering that you see someone and meet them, go and tell them about Christ. Don't talk to them about the size of your storm, Christian. But tell them about the size of your God, that he is the Almighty, Tell them about your Savior. Listen, the devil will solicit your ear to make you fear. The devil will solicit your ear to make you fear. But have the mind of Christ and you will win the fight. I'm going to say it in its total one, one more time. The devil will solicit your ear to make you fear. But have the mind of Christ and you will win the fight. God is fighting your battles. He is arranging things in your favor. And making a way where there seems to be no way for you. Over and over and over. Again and again and again. God is faithful. 
He delights in the impossibilities. So don't worry about tomorrow, for God is already there. There's something comforting about a billion stars held steady by a God who has never relinquished his power and knows what he's doing. I want to say it again. There's something comforting about a billion stars held steady by a God who has never relinquished his power and knows what he is doing. God still knows what he's doing. And we must trust his hand. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, I am glad there's no such thing as chance. That nothing is left to itself, but that Christ everywhere has sway. Christ everywhere has sway. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in our reading, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace give I unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The Lord were concerned, but he told them, I will never leave you, I'm with you. Believer, he's with you. If you're not saved, you must come to know this Christ. He paid the fullness of your debt at Calvary. And be born again, washed in the blood, come repenting, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner and, a, and I'm lost and on the way to a devil's hell. Without you, will you forgive me? Cry unto him for mercy and you'll find at Calvary There it's great, and grace is free. May God bless his word to us in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for tuning live, and we're going to sing just one more piece before we go. And we ask you to join us again this evening at 6 p.m.